It's a great soundtrack, man. It's an expensive it's soundtrack. It's a great – oh, yeah. I know, I'll yeah. bet. I'll bet. The, the, yeah, the last song we secured for this one was um, – Fleetwood Mac, don't stop, and like oh. uh, it, it's it's a it, it was a it was a who's who's uh, uh, list of you know we we made a limited run of these uh, records for the for the cast and crew, and it was uh, the, the the Jesus Revolution uh, album. It was awesome. Hi there, and welcome into a brand new week of Celebrity Salute, dedicated to the men and women who serve our country in active duty, our veterans and their families. We're here for you. God bless you. We love you. On each episode, we look for people and stories with some connection to these heroes. I'm Randy Miller. Andrew Irwin, along with his brother John, are American Christian film directors, screenwriters, and film producers. Known for such films as Woodlawn, October Baby, Mom's Night Out, and I Can Only Imagine, which have collectively grossed more than $150 million worldwide. They are the leaders and co-founders of the production company Kingdom Story Company. In 2021, they released American Underdog, a biopic about NFL quarterback Kurt Warner. The film drew $27 million at the box office. This year, they produced another huge box office success, The Jesus Revolution, starring Kelsey Grammer. We are honored to have Andrew Irwin join us here on Celebrity Salute. Randy, it's so good to talk to you, buddy. Man, I, uh, uh, I'm excited to talk stories and, and uh, really, really proud of this one. I think it's timely and and uh, really, uh, we're privileged to have all kind of made this story kind of come to life. So it's a special one. And you guys specialize in these kind of true, uh, yep. tr- true stories that are just uh, that connect with so many people. How do you find your How do you find your material? Well, we're not smart enough to go find the material. It's just uh, <laughs> you know we're, we're we're just dumb storytellers. You know, the, the good ones tend to find us. But when we find a story that really checks the boxes of kind of the, the kind of stories we know how to tell, which are, you know, redemption stories, underdog stories, you know, triumph of the human spirit and really things that are rooted in faith and, and, and you know, all American values. Those are the stories when we find one of those, we're like, OK, let's tell this one. And so whether that's a good sports movie like Kurt Warner with American Underdog right. or in this case, we did a movie back in the day about eight years ago called Woodlawn. And when we did Woodlawn, it was a football story of happened in the 1970s and during the last part of integration in Birmingham, Alabama. And uh, it had to do with this spiritual awakening that hit the country in the 1970s called the Jesus Movement. And there was a Time magazine cover that my brother discovered at the end of that film that had Jesus on the cover and it said the Jesus Revolution. And then he traced back about four years earlier and the Time cover was an all-black cover that had the, the letters that said, uh, is God dead? Mm, and I remember that. He started, yeah, he just started asking the question, what in the heck? Yeah. must have seismically shifted during those four years between those two Time magazine covers. And as he dug into it, he discovered the Jesus Revolution, and he came back and was like, we're going to tell the rest of this story. So it's it's wow. a special one. Yeah, and you, you, it's a it's a great cast. It's, a, it's such a great story. And let me tell you, there could never be a better time for this movie to come out. Yep. And I want to ask you too, Andy, you know, uh, you guys are described a lot as Christian film directors. Sure. And uh, do you like that title? Do you uh, I mean, why wouldn't it just be uh, great American directors? And the only reason I say that is as a Christian, uh, you know, before you guys came along, if I heard the word Christian film, it'd be like, oh, no. Uh, yeah. 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 You know, I think, you know, the thing I like about a movie like Jesus Revolution is it's both overtly Christian and it's also very counterculture. So it's like, how do you check both those boxes? Right. You can't categorize that. And so for us. You know, we don't really apologize. However you want to put us in a category, if you wanted to say that we're great filmmakers or good filmmakers that are 
that are, are, are Christians, like we don't apologize for that. If you want to call us Christian filmmakers, we don't apologize for that. We like, <laughs> we are what we are. Yeah. We yeah. tell good stories. I love that. We tell stories that move our spirit and the things that really motivate us are stories of faith and redemption. And I think our, our country needs a big dose of that. And so Man, right. we're, we're happy to champion these kind of stories, whatever box you want to put us in. We just kind of have a chip on our shoulder and be like, we are what we are. We're going to tell our stories and, you know, put us in whatever category you want. We're going to tell the stories we want to do. And there's a bit of a rebelliousness to what we like to do that, you know, <laughs> in the past, you know, um, it's just because we're a little crazy. But like in the past, you know, people wanted to say it's cheesy or that type of stuff. And I get that. I get that criticism. I see a, a lot of people that were trailblazers trying to carve a path that wasn't there. And there's a lot of rudimentary early steps. But we just try to say, you know, quality is something we always chase. It's not something we ever catch. And we just try to get a little bit better with each story. And Jesus Revolution is the boldest thing that the team has gotten a chance to do. And I'm proud of what uh, my brother and his directing partner on this one, Brent McCorkle, did. It's a special movie. Uh, let, let me try to remember who else was uh, very rebellious. Oh, Jesus. Oh, that's yeah, right. Yeah. 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 Jesus was a master storyteller, and he was a rebel, and he was counterculture. I always say, and, I always uh, say that Jesus was the great, greatest marketing person that, uh, that I've ever heard of. Yes, he was a disruptor. He loved yeah. to drop these stories called parables that were that had uh, meanings that people had to dig in and be like, "What was that about?" Right, right. And then they just right. dug into the rest of it. It's like, "What? Did, please teach us. What is this?" And so I think you know, you know, he just loved to engage the heart emotionally with intriguing stories that got people thinking, and then he used that to put his truth in it. And um, right. And so uh, you know, we try to be like maybe a little bit of a reflection of the person that we follow. And those are the stories. And I think there's something really powerful about true stories. You oh, know, people absolutely. don't know how to criticize it when somebody lived it. And that's what happened with Jesus Revolution. It's like, what is Jesus writing in the dirt? What is what what? What is he what is yep. he writing in the you know, and, and you know, you you mentioned before how do you check both of those boxes with uh counterculture? You do it uh, with Kelsey Grammer and the Doobie Brothers, right? Yeah, exactly. It's a great soundtrack, man. It's an expensive soundtrack. It's a great – oh, I'll bet. I'll bet. Yeah, the last song we secured for this one was um, Fleetwood Mac, Don't Stop. And, like, uh, it was a a who's who's uh, uh, list of – you know, we we made a limited run of these – records for the for the cast and crew and it was uh the the, the jesus revolution uh, album it was awesome but we uh you know this one it was just um it was just, the story takes place during this period of time in the 1970s when the hippies uh were these kids that a lot of times we portray them as the bad kids chasing right. sex drugs and rock and roll but no these were kids that were searching for the right thing in all the wrong places they were looking for truth and to belong and identity and the things that i think you know, people, you know, the youth of today are looking for. Exactly. And, you know, the, the hippies tried to find that in this, you know, group to belong to that they thought that LSD was going to be what unlocked their mind to this spiritual world. And, and then the bottom fell out. And so I think today there's a group of people that are really looking for that and whatever agenda they want to jump on or, uh, you know, social media or any of those type things to belong to. But I just think it's looking for the right thing in the wrong place. And then in this moment in time, these people, they call themselves freaks. Uh, when the bottom dropped out of the hippie movement, they had, they encountered this amazing spiritual awakening that was in its rawest, purest form. And then this revival of these kids called freaks became Jesus freaks and it swept the country. And so Lonnie Frisbee plays the hippie evangelist or Lonnie Frisbee is played. He's the hippie evangelist. He's played by Jonathan Rumi from the chosen. He's great. And he plays Jesus in the chosen and he's amazing. 
And then uh, Kelsey Grammer plays Chuck Smith, uh, the kind of old guard uh, established preacher from Calvary Chapel. And it's the two of them that were the nitroglycerin that ignited this uh, West Coast revival that started there and also started Asbury College. Uh, and uh, and it just swept the country. Man, I love it so much. And, and you know, the first time I, uh, when I, I saw the trailer for the movie and you see Kelsey Grammer kind of react to this hippie preacher, and immediately yep. I thought of Archie Bunker. I mean, that kind of... A, <laughs> He's very atrophic. Get off my lawn. Right. He's like, you know, very right. much Exactly. Like, Who are these young punks? Right. And, you know, and he thought it was like, he distrusted it. He thought they were no good. But his daughter and his wife pushed him to to just consider that maybe this is a good thing. And he met this guy, Lonnie Frisbee, and it was the first hippie he actually met. And, uh, and next thing you know, he opened the church doors and said, let the hippies in. And it was an amazing moment in church history, an amazing moment in the history of our faith. And we haven't seen a movement like that in 50 years. That is so cool. You know, I, I can't think of any other successful brother teams uh, like you and John, except for the, maybe the Kelsey brothers. Yeah, yeah, the, the, the Kendrick brothers. Yeah, they, they uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, the, they're, they're, um, uh, you know, it's, it's, it, I don't know if it's a marketing hook or whatever, but, uh, you know, whether it's the, you know, on the secular side, whether it's the, you know, the Cohen brothers or, yeah, you know, yeah, the right. Russo brothers that did the Avengers movies. It's funny. I, one of our first, um, interviews that with the New York Times, like 15 years ago, the, um, the, the writer, she was like, uh, you know, we were the new guys in faith and that type of thing. And, and she was like, yeah, you guys are really dysfunctional and remind me so much of my last conversation with the Cohen brothers. And I stopped her. I was like, wait, wait a minute. Can I just quote that the New York Times compared the Irwin brothers to the Cohen brothers? I just want to print that headline. <laughs> right, right. Oh, man. Well, you know, our audience is uh, comprised mainly of active duty military uh, veterans and their families. So, so yep. I want to talk about uh, your grandpa, man. I mean, yeah. and that's what, uh, when we had uh, John on, uh, the book had just come out and, uh, yep. you guys are, first of all, your, uh, your dad, right. was, was a Senator mm-hmm. and, yep. and then, yep. and then your grandpa, Henry Eugene Red Irwin, Medal yep. of Honor recipient and World War II veteran, man, that's, uh, that's some lineage there. Well, you know, I, I appreciate that. I mean, I think, um, the medal of honor is something that, you know, people don't win. It's just kind of a, right. it's a, it's a moment that people earn, uh, based on a moment they don't really prepare for their life. just kind of, uh, shapes them for a moment and then something happens and instinctually certain people react. And my granddad was one of those that, uh, that, uh, for whatever reason in that moment reacted, uh, and, uh, you know, saved the lives of the guys on his B 29 super fortress in world war two when a phosphorus bomb, uh, shot back up into the plane after it hit some flak, ignited, filled the plane with smoke, and they went into a dive at yeah. several hundred feet. And he w- and he was able to pick that up like a football and carry it from the back of the plane to the front and throw it out. And uh, and yeah. the phosphorus burns, you know, at, at at a temperature that melts metal. And so, you know, it was just one of those things. He he, he bore this, the, the the scars and the results of that the rest of his life. But he always said that he never considered himself a hero that it was the heroes were his friends that didn't come back. And right. I think that's a, a pretty common theme between yep. most Medal of Honor recipients is that that feeling of the duty and responsibility that, no, I, I'm not the hero, I survived. And Absolutely. Um, and, uh, and that, that, that medal carries a tremendous weight 
to it uh, far more than one person can really bear or handle. But we just always were raised with a tremendous respect for the sacrifice of our men and women in uniform and what they do to keep us free. So it's the stories that we dig into. So like the story we're developing right now, that's the next one that we take on after Jesus Revolution, uh, is my favorite book. It's a book called Fearless about Adam Brown, who was a, uh, a Navy SEAL. Oh, uh, yes. And, uh, his story is one that my mentor is an actor, producer named Gary Sinise. And Gary played Lieutenant Dan and, and Forrest Gump sure. and has done so much for our military. He sent me the book and he said, if I was a younger man, I would direct this movie. Mm. It needs to be your next movie. And at the same time, the family had reached out to us. He had 18, I can only imagine, and loved the film and had reached us at about the same time. And we chased the rights to it for about four years and uh, finally got the, got got a hold of the rights last year. And then uh, Jason Hall that wrote American Sniper is adapting the book uh, and uh, writing the script. And so, wow, producing it with wow. Us. So it's uh, it's going to be um, it's going to be an amazing project. I told I called the family and I said, if this is the last film I ever do, this is the most important one. And we wow. have to get it right. And so have a love for our military and the sacrifice for people like Adam that went from being a, a drug addict with seven felonies to fighting his way mm-hmm. to get sober and uh, found redemption in his faith and ended up uh, dying a hero in Afghanistan uh, as a member of SEAL Team 6. What so. uh, what an incredible story that is. And, and that's going to be, oh, man, I can't wait for that one. And I want to talk to you about some of these. Uh, now you, you threw out some big names there uh, that you guys are yep. associated with. And uh, Gary Sinise has, has been on this show many times. Just a great, yep. great guy. And, I wish uh, he'd run for president. Oh my gosh! <laughs> hey, I've said that to him before, and he's you know. I have. I think everybody has. It is like it's like a second coming of Ronald Reagan. But right. yes, I, he's like I'm not. He's like I don't know, man. I no. don't know if I'm crazy enough for that. Yeah. that world is like that's why you're the guy, man. Right. Come on. Exactly. The people that you don't that don't want to run for president should run for president. <laughs> exactly. I'm like I would vote for you in a heartbeat. Exactly. I would like, like leave my job and follow you into battle to run your campaign. Hey, listen. You, you, you know, know, you you had such an effect on Gary Sinise. He moved to Nashville. Yeah, he is. He's, he set up shop. In fact, uh, his new headquarters for, I mean, of course, the Gary Sinise Foundation uh, does such an amazing work for our men and women in uniform yeah. and, 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 and uh, people that serve in public venues like the you know, police force and, and, and uh, firefighters and first responders. So, like, you know, the amount of work that that man does uh, on behalf of people that serve us in our country is huge. Uh, but yeah, he, they moved there. They moved from uh, the West Coast and moved their headquarters to about a half mile from my studio ah. in Nashville. So we're neighbors. So uh, like I, cool. I, I, he's doing amazing work. But yeah, so Gary has mentored us for years and, and Fearless is one that was on his radar before it was on ours. Well, you know, when you uh, when you approach these people, whether it's Dennis Quaid or Kelsey Grammer or, uh, yep. you know, the sniper guy, um, and, yep. and they find out it's a Christian project. Now, mm-hmm. obviously, you've had tremendous success and not just, yep. you know, uh, success in connecting with people, but also financially and, and box office wise. Do you yep. ever get any hesitation um, because of the material? You know, it's really been interesting. Um, uh, we've been excited to kind of debunk the myth of what a Christian is in the industry. Um, and we're part of that conversation. Um, and I think there's been a lot of strides made in that, that at first there was a lot of fear and trepidation because of, you know, whatever sure. uh, stereotype was associated with it. But uh, we actually actively seek out what we call our benevolent skeptics, people that 
necessarily not, don't necessarily have to have the same belief as us. Now it really lines up when we can work with somebody like a Gary Sinise or a Dennis Quaid that do. Right. Uh, but when it's somebody that doesn't, we invite all shapes and sizes to be a part of what we do, as long as the defining kind of uh, map that we follow for each of this is trying to understand and wrestle with real life stories of faith of what people really lived. And if you can embrace trying to understand the character you're playing and what their faith means to to them and interpret it that, uh, there's really something really refreshing when it's somebody that might be outside the box that mm-hmm. doesn't necessarily totally understand it, but they have to wrestle with it. So like, you know, in, 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 in a movie like American Underdog, when we cast Anna Paquin, Anna, first thing she said is she said, I love this script. I love this story. Kurt and Brenda Warner. Uh, she said, but I'm not a person of faith. I don't understand this at all. Hmm. And she said, is this a problem for me playing the role? And I said, Anna, absolutely not. As long as you can do what I just said, of, you know, trying to understand Brenda's real life faith. She said, I, I totally want to do that. That's what I do with all my characters. And I was like, well, then who wouldn't want to cast an Oscar winner? Right. So when Anna <laughs> right. came in, we had conversations about faith every day on set, huh. trying to wrestle with and understand and find. And I think it's one of the most pure portrayals uh, of a Christian that I've seen on film in a yeah. long time. Because Anna just really fought to try to tenaciously understand Brenda, and they developed a friendship that lasted last to this day. And so, um, so you know, I think it's exciting. Of you know, all shapes and sizes are coming to, you know, this idea of faith film, uh, and I think it's kind of entering its heyday. And that's why we can have actors like Kelsey Grammer and people like that in this new one. That uh, it's been exciting to collaborate with. Yeah, and and you know, I think that is the very definition of a curious Christian. You know, you're always yep. you're you're questioning everything. You're 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 examining everything. I should say, mm-hmm. and, and you just want to. You know, I know at least in my faith, I I love connecting with people like that too that aren't uh, necessarily right on the path I am, but are are curious or you know. Yep. And it's it's just uh, that's a that's a great way to look at that, man. That's that's very cool. And well, I think the you know faith faith holds up. You know, it's like yeah. it, true Christianity at its core, not not religiousness, but right. like what Jesus was about. It holds up, and as you kind of you know turn up the fire of trying to ask the hard questions, like you don't have to be afraid of it. And so I think it allows you to really engage the benevolent skeptic and those curious people with mm-hmm. trying to let them be on their journey. And those are the stories that we like to tell. And we like to ask those questions with our stories. And Andy, you know, we talked about this uh, thing coming out, the uh, Jesus revolution at uh, the perfect time. And it, it's going to be yep. released. Uh, is the release date still uh, February 24th? Yep, it's uh, nationwide. February twenty fourth is gonna be everywhere. And so, in 1969, 1970, when all of this was going on, uh, it mm-hmm. really hit me this morning uh, about how similar that time was to where we are now in terms of people just absolutely at each other's throats. And yep. so, for this to come out, and and for if it if it does nothing else than uh, make somebody take a step back, take a breath. Uh, try to understand another point of view. Uh, yeah. That's huge. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, that's that's the idea of having a common ground where we can start to have a conversation instead of, you know. And so this one, this film is like I said, it's those two things. It's overtly Christian and it's counterculture. And so it's a great meeting place for people to start having healthy discussions again. And it's stories of spiritual awakenings or revivals, kind of spark revivals and. Uh, you know, the, the, the time period was very similar to where there was such a disillusionment when the hippie movement died 
and they had the funeral to the hippie movement in Haight-Asbury, and they literally took an empty coffin through the streets to say the hippie movement did not work. And in the midst mm. of that disillusionment and that pain, having come out of the assassinations of JFK and Bobby Kennedy and Martin Luther King Jr. and all the different things that had happened, the civil unrest, the, the riots in Chicago with the, the, the DNC, like there were so many things coming out of that time period and people being disillusioned with the Vietnam War that I think that there's an equal unrest and anger and desire for justice now, but not knowing the source of where to find those things. And I think we are primed. It's like a powder keg right now that we are primed uh, for a spiritual awakening for yes. people who just crave hope so much. And so I think that this story hopefully will be a part of that conversation to be like this happened once before 50 years ago. And I'll tell you my case in point. I talked about like the part of the story that we tell is that the hippie revival that happened on the West Coast. Well, the other place that it happened at the same time was at Asbury College in uh, in Kentucky. And if you it happened, it started February 8th, 50 years ago. Huh. And right now there's a revival that just sparked. If you check the news feeds out, there's a revival that just sparked again at Asbury College that started about 10 days ago. And really? it's going, it's raging right now. There's been, I'll, like, I'll send you the articles about it, but it's fascinating. The deep dive oh. of just, you know, I, and again, I just think that it's not because of us. It's not because of our story. I just think that there is a, a huge undercurrent of a desire for something real when it comes to faith again. Man, uh, that is so cool. And uh, the new movie, A Jesus Revolution. And, you know, I was just having this conversation with somebody else the other day. But the media is so quick to pronounce something dead. Uh, yep. You know, they're, they're so quick to uh, abandon something and say, hey, we told you. We told you this wouldn't work. And uh, that that kind of turns turns it on. Your movie turns it on its head. Yeah. You know, it's it's <laughs> again, I just think that there's something to be said for uh, you know, uh, the, the, the rebels, you know, yeah. uh, the disciples were a bunch of rebels and 12 people, you know, upended the, the world, um, uh, you know, after, you know, Jesus came back to life. And it's like this idea of being rebels with a chip on our shoulder being like, Hey, Hey, you know, say that we're done and buried. Like, you know, we'll give you, let, let, <laughs> let's tell you what our faith is really about. It's about death and rebirth. Yeah. And, you know, and so that idea uh, that people saying that, you know, we're, you know, that we're in a post, you know, Christian society and, uh, all that type of stuff. And those things are accurate of maybe the current climate. But I think that, you know, looking at the future rather than just looking at the present, I think the future could be amazing because I think we are primed for God to do something fresh. Oh man. And I just think the world's not going to see it coming when it happens. As a former pastor of mine used to say, I love it when God shows up and shows off. Yep. <laughs> that's true. And that's he, it. thank you so much, man. Thanks for, for the work that, uh, that you and John are doing. And uh, just another great example of that Jesus revolution, which uh, is out everywhere on February 24th. Thank you, man. I appreciate you, Randy. You're the real deal. You've been listening to Celebrity Salute. Celebrity Salute is produced by Brainstorm Media and distributed by National Defense Network with host Randy Miller and executive produced by Nate Heron. Be sure to visit us at nationaldefensenetwork.com. This podcast is available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google, or wherever you get your podcasts. You can also say, Alexa, play the National Defense Network podcast.